But it was all that I could do to keep from crying. Well, you know who had his ashes uh, spread at home plate? The dude that did the Co- Go Cubs Go song. Yeah, Wasn't it Goodman? Steve Goodman? Yeah, Steve Goodman. Go Cubs Go! Go Cubs Go! You know what else he wrote? He wrote the perfect country and western song, and then he sent it to either Waylon Jennings or one of those guys. Well, a friend of mine named Steve Goodman wrote that song, and he told me it was the perfect Hello, country and western Jack. song. I'm Tom Howes. He's Eliani on the board. Going for one of those people that only has the one name. Yao. That's uh, right. Pele. Beyonce. Well, well, Beyonce. Well, who's the other uh, soccer player? Pele. Well, Pele, I've mentioned him, and then there's a couple others. Renanjou. Crayouf. Of course, that was his last name, though, right? Yeah. That, that doesn't count. Well, that counts, I guess. Yeah, he just, he just he, you know, kind of like I call my, uh, my bass player, his name is Brian Grady. I just call him Grady. There you go. That's, uh, <laughs> S&P Futures up 66. NASDAQ Futures up 316 as we had a massive... Uh, crazy day again yesterday. We were way down, came flying back to about even. Actually, a couple indices went ahead, and Microsoft came out, and the stock sort of tanked, and then the NASDAQ went down like 400 or 500 points after that came out, but now it's making most of that back here. But it's it's uh, it's, it's definitely crazed. I don't know if you'd call this a healthy market, but, uh, uh, you know, everybody is kind of crying in their beer and their stocks, and then all of a sudden... Uh, See, the body dippers are here. It's still good. You know, everything's everything's okay. I, I don't I don't know about that. We'll, time will tell. But I mean, everybody's got their opinion, and uh, what opinions are like uh, bottoms? Everybody's got one, and they all stink. Is that the, is that the story? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Something along those lines. We have Mr. Kevin. We should have Mr. Kevin. Well, not here. Hey, what's up, bud? How are you? I'm doing all right. What's up? Nothing. I assume you. I, I, I understand. Up. I saw that. Yeah, I understand. You have, you stopped teaching the last two days and are playing the market, and you're up like a mill. Now you're making a big donation to yeah. the school and the whole. Yeah. Thing. So now I've uh, rewritten my contract. I'm teaching for a dollar just because I love to do it. Uh, yeah. You know what they say: every good deed goes unpunished. No good deed goes unpunished, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't I know that? <laughs> isn't that isn't that the the, the truth? As they say. Um, what do you make of the, uh, well actually it's up a little today, but what do you make of this kind of collapse in, uh, in Bitcoin? I actually, uh, Kenny was on yesterday after, after listening to it and he was saying that he had some, some outfit that he had given a little bit of money to, uh, he, what do you say, he gave him a thousand bucks or something, he's making, uh, nine percent, alright, so that my, my ears immediately perk up, being the suspicious character that I am, and I'm thinking, I'll bet this is one of the outfits that's financing people's Essentially, margin loan. Even though there is no such thing as margin on a financing you to buy Bitcoin and these other things, and uh, so my, my man, who uh, Alan, who manages money over at uh, uh, NFO, and uh, who I do some work with, uh, I said, you know, "Do you have any idea how much these people are paying for uh, for margin and on like a, you know one of these cryptos?" He goes, "I can find out." Guess what the number is. Uh, I couldn't begin to guess. What is it? Well, let me let me give you a hint. It it goes by day. Well, I guess they all sort of go by day, but the rate is by day. It's it's uh, it's a it's point one percent per day. You see, let's do some quick math there. Well, what's what's point one times? So that's a percent every ten days. Yeah. So thirty thirty three uh, percent and a half percent or whatever. And they break your legs if you don't pay? Well, they just take it out of your account, I'm sure. 
Well, it's, you know, I'm thinking of those lending rates that tend, tend to come from the people who break your legs if you don't pay. Well, I mean, you, you, you must have to have an account. I mean, here, I mean, it comes right out of your account. The only problem is if your stock goes to zero and the, and the money goes, then, then what happens? Uh, and then that's when you send out the guys, I guess. I mean, I mean we don't do that, but uh, fortunately it hasn't happened in... God, you know, the market hasn't really collapsed in a while. That's that's, that's what you really have to worry about. Uh, at times, I mean, in, in, fortunately, at uh, PTI, we don't, I mean, it's not like we don't have anybody who's on margin. I'm sure we do. But it's, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we've ever had anybody that opens up an account here and says, I want to buy 2,000 IBM. By the way, here's a check for 1,000. That's just, that's just not, I mean, they don't, they don't come to us for that. I mean, we can do it like any other firm, but... That's just that you know. It's just something you go on online for, probably. Uh, so we—that's why when if we ever want to switch clearing firms, people love us because we're the only clearing firm with a debit balance. That's how that's how securities firms make all their money is on margin loans. And when I say securities firms, you're you're clearing agents because the individual firms like us, we don't. If we get a piece of it, it's it's real small. Um, you know, whatever, <laughs> maybe a tenth of a percent or something, that type of thing. Uh, I don't even know what the deal is, but because it's so small, I don't even ask. Uh, but no, that's, that's if you look at a at a bigger clearing firm, um, you know, Wedbush or somebody like that, or RBC even. I'm going to say that uh, well over half their income is is uh, interest on margin loans. It's not on the it's not on the trade side. Um, you know, a little bit. You're saying they're lenders essentially, oh, and sure. um, and they know it. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's where that's where that's where money's made. I mean. Uh, you know, because that's 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 sort of why when the market is running up, it tends to perpetuate itself. Because if you if you buy the thousand shares of IBM, okay, and let's say one fifteen, or we'll just make it easy to hundred, and you put up fifty grand, and it runs to two hundred, you now have one hundred and fifty thousand in equity, and only a fifty thousand dollar loan. So you you can take out your you can take out another fifty thousand dollar loan easy, okay. Because then to buy something else, so you, you essentially, as the market goes up, you continue to make, you can continue to to buy on just the increase of what your of what your your stuff is. It, it's even worse, worse or better, depending on your and the future side. It's margin totally different. Future side is margin sort of. Well, it's, it's like stocks are margin before the crash in twenty nine. So if you if you buy a, I don't know, I'm just gonna, I should know the margins, but we don't. A lot of people trade in corner wheat anymore. Uh, my brother knows all this, but if you were buy a, a, a corn contract, so one contract is uh, is <clears throat> is five thousand bushels. So five thousand bushels just happens to be a full rail car, right? Because this is all done logically. You know, the margin on on, a, on, a, on one corn, corn contract might be, um, say, it's five thousand. Okay, so if, if the corn goes up a dime that day, um. You, you now have, you know, 50, I think it's 5,000, might be less. Uh, but say it's 5,000. But if the corn goes up, say, a buck a bushel, which is a big move in corn, um, you now have 5,000 extra. So you can, you can have a second, you, you, you can go buy a second contract that day because you now have 5,000 extra in your account. The other hand, if it goes down and you, and you now only have 4,000 in equity, you've got to send the check in that day. It's not, there's no, there's no sliding scale like there is on the, on a, a stock, where a stock is 50% initial margin, but your maintenance margin is only 30. So if IBM goes down a dollar, we're not done on your, we or RBC isn't done on you for, for the difference between the 50% and now the dollar that you don't have. So, 
that's the way it used to be before 29, and that's what causes people, caused people to have to sell constantly on the way down. Otherwise, I mean, if you gave, if you gave me your last 50 grand to buy a $100,000 stock and you only put up half, and all of a sudden it went down a dollar, I'd say, hey, <laughs> hey buddy, you gotta have 50% here, which is now, you know, 49,500, and you've only got 49 equity. Send me to 500. Well, you don't have to do that till it gets down to 30%. But on the future side, you do. So you have to, you have to, you have to feed the thing every day, or on the way up, that's why if, if, like if corn just started to rally, all of a sudden you're making all this money in your account, you can keep buying. Cause you know, you, cause the minimum, you have all kinds of minimums. You, you if it went up two bucks, you probably could buy four more contracts. So, I mean, so you gotta, you almost like are making, you're almost like creating money on the way up, and, and, and that's why the way down is so, is so fraught with peril if there's, if, if there was no margin on any of this stuff, if everybody just paid cash for everything, you we wouldn't probably see any of these swings like this, and you, and you probably wouldn't see the run up as much. But the margin creates some of the action. Um, just saying. Okay. Um, uh, thank you for that le- uh, lesson. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I suppose it's like the guy. In, I don't know if you know anybody. I'm, I've actually I've known guys, but. I've never gone to a casino and gotten a line of credit. I always thought, God, that's that's the last thing I need. It seems like another way to be limping out of the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I I know guys that have brought, you know, two hundred bucks and gone to Vegas for say three days, knowing that their that their uh, limit on their ATM is five hundred. So the worst that could happen is they lose, you know, fifteen hundred plus the two hundred they brought, which you know I guess makes some sense. Rather than having <laughs> the whole, you know, I, I used to just bring some cash, but uh, and I figured I, if I was losing most of it, I'd be pissed off anyway, so I'd never lose the rest. I, 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 so I was not their kind of gambler. You gotta, yeah. you know, you gotta no, I'm, not, I'm not either. Um, you know, my trip to Vegas is hang out in the sports uh, sports book, drink, watch sports, and place uh, place ten dollar bets. Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Place your bets. The uh, but I, I I like the people show. I like sitting at the blackjack table and talking to people, and it's uh you meet some characters. The 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 funny well the uh, they used to have a bet they probably still do at Caesar's Palace or I think it was five bucks Kevin and you had to pick I think you had to pick fifteen teams and uh, if you won it was you know a hundred grand something like that it was you know it was up there seventy five hundred hundred fifty somewhere in there and uh, so <laughs> this guy sitting next to me. God, he, he literally is nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full room full of rocking chairs, right? And he's he's big buddies with the, with a very attractive uh, uh, dealer, and uh, so the guy heads off to the bathroom, and of course he kept his spot for him and everything. I said, "Hey, what's 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 with your buddy?" And she goes, "He's got he's got the first thirteen games in on one of those five-hour cards," and I go, "You got to be kidding me!" Now thirteen's tough. If he had fourteen. You could go find your buddies, big borrow and steal a lot of money, and if you and if you had the same uh, odds on the, on, the, on the straight game, you'd go and put a whole bunch of money on the other side, right? So one way or the other, you're going to win. But with two games, uh, can't really do that. Um, it's a little more difficult. So I think he's got Oklahoma left, and he's got the Irish. And I'm thinking, all right. So Oklahoma, of course, comes in swimmingly for him. The Irish are like a 25-point uh, favorite against the Air Force or somebody, and they win by like 22. So, so, the, so the Irish screwed the guy. And uh, 
And of course, me being the, uh, you know, enterprising soul, I walked down to the cashier at Caesar's Palace and I go, hey, you know, it's just with this guy. <laughs> and he had 13 games in and sure enough, he fell one game short. I said, how often, how often, uh, do you pay that out? Guess what he said? Never. He said, for the five years we've done it, we've never had a payout. So I just go yeah, to show that, that, that makes sense. It is, uh, it is impossible to pick all of those. And for that guy to come that close is actually so incredibly improbable. Um, yeah. But, you know, what, what'd you say? It was like five buck card? Yeah. Yeah. So why not? You know, have fun. Knock yourself out for five bucks. What was the one, one, uh, game, one, one Sunday? Many will remember this. It was probably four or five years ago. Um, that the, uh, the entire the entire left side of the parlay card won, and there's an amazing amount of people that uh, actually just pick like the left the left side, and they actually the, the casinos had a horrendous. They lost more money that that Sunday than they like ever have before, and uh, you know it was sort of you know and because there's no way to, no way they can lay that off, and I, I learned something that I was reading about that weekend that they do there's more. Over fifty percent of the bets now are, are gimmick bets. You know your parlays and your and that kind of stuff. Yeah, prop bets. Yeah, and I, I would have. I, you know, I just I would never have guessed that. So, uh, so we have. Uh, I, I'm not surprised because uh, occasionally I will have. Um, you know, like if I'm out in the car before uh, uh, the morning of a Bears game or something, I will put on the uh, sports station for a while, and they're doing their uh, gaming show. They're they're you know whatever's it's always sponsored by one of the online. Uh, Betting services, and they spend a ton of time talking about prop bets. What um, what did you think of the Hall of Fame ballots yesterday? One guy, one guy. Uh, you know what? I, I I just barely saw it. It looks like uh, Poppy made it in. The only one. Yeah. And uh, anybody else come close? Uh, no. Let me. I'll try and dig up the, the Hall of Fame voting bit. But I think uh, a lot of the, the steroid guys are actually off the ballot. Which I'm a little surprised about. Which guys are off the ballot? I think uh, Sosa and uh, um, I, I saw the whole list. Of, uh, I'll get the thing here. And what do you think of the Bears' new GM? Uh, now the guys, uh, the guys, 36 years old. I bet they got him on the cheap. Just saying. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they did. Um, they, didn't they just do that? Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> didn't when they hired Ryan Pace? Didn't they hire a really young guy? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the fifth guy in uh, how long? The uh, so Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, I think, came off the ballot. Huh. Which is uh, interesting. That's interesting because uh, you know they they probably will make it at some point, but um, who knows? Um. So it's it, it, uh, jumping back on the Bears. It's interesting that they uh, you know they've gone back to the well on the Chiefs. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know after uh, after Nagy didn't work out. Um. Not, not that the two are necessarily related, um, but it you know it, it, it teams when teams hire coaches and general managers they they tend very much to hire not the last guy you know whatever whatever the opposite of the last guy is is what we get um, so you know it's 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 kind of interesting that they went back into that Chiefs organization because. The idea behind the whole Chiefs organization was that if they drafted or if they brought in a guy who was, uh, you know, out from that group, that they would be able to develop Trubisky. And uh, now, you know, they have a new quarterback to develop, and they've gone back to 
interesting to see what they do. Uh, now, you know, now the question is, and it's probably uh, it's as important as any is uh, who's going to be the coach. So this guy's got a draft. Uh, well, but um, we don't need draft picks. You know, who's, who's, but but really, everything about the Bears is about developing Justin Fields. Um, yeah, well, but you also if, if they develop them, they're going to be they're going to be good for a while. If they don't develop them, they will continue to be the Bears. Well, the uh, as good as this Mahomes kid is, and he is, he's not worth spit without Kelsey, without that kid who ran the seventy five yards. Nobody could tackle him. I mean, he's not he's not without that line. I mean, you you you, you know, Brady is 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 forty four years old behind three all pro linemen. I mean, you can't just go with this one guy idea because all he does is get beat up. Oh, I know. No, no, and and that's not what I'm saying, Tom. What I'm saying, what, but what I am saying is, you you know, if you're really going to be good in the NFL, you have to have an outstanding quarterback. You don't necessarily have to have the best one in in the league, but you you better be in the upper third. Better be, you know, probably better be in the upper fourth uh, of the league at that position. And uh, and so, you know, the, uh, the, what I, they can do everything else right, but if they don't develop a quarterback, then they're not, you know, they're going to be necessarily limited. It's, it's what we saw with the Titans la- um, last weekend is, uh, um, you know, you, there's, there's always that playoff game where you need your quarterback to go out and win it for you, and, and the Titans don't have that kind of a guy. As good a team as they were all season. Well, that's the truth, and they, well, then their, their big, their big gun was hurt, and he didn't come back 100%, Henry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. What do you, what is, what's going to make the? Uh, uh, what, what do you make of this Hall of Fame stuff? I this. I mean, the only thing about Bonds is I would say that Bonds was a, was a clear Hall of Famer before he he took his first steroid. Uh, I would say a likely Hall of Famer, but okay. I don't know. I don't know how they're going. I don't know how they're going to deal with this. I mean, you can't be, continue to put uh, guys like uh, who, who's the Sox manager. In the, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't see, yeah, I don't see how he's the manager benefiting by people. Well, Larusa didn't know what was going on. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, boys will be boys, and yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what, what. What can I tell you? Well, I mean, it, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Is it, it? It really it doesn't make a lot of sense that. trying to 
give you a different example. Uh, Kurt Schilling, you know, nobody likes, you know, people don't like Kurt Schilling because he's a, um, you know, it's it's politics with him. Um, you got a, a probably a, a left leaning voter group and a, and a very hard right um, uh, type of guy, and he's taken a lot of criticism for his political discussions, not so much for his performance on the field, and yet, you know, he fell off. He, he's uh, you know, in his tenth year on the ballot, uh, he actually, you know, whereas uh, Bonds and Clements may have uh, gained some support, a little bit, little bits of support, uh, Schilling lost twelve and a half percent of the votes that were supporting him from the, the year before. Well, just as uh, this, this is what we're, we're reading so it, here. What I'm saying is, your personality matters too. Oh, sure it does. Uh, and, and 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 it's not that these guys are criminals necessarily. Uh, it's just you know who did who did you annoy? Well, that's right, and uh, the idea that it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it should be stats, I don't think it necessarily should be, but just just as we're, we might as well read this off, since I've been dancing around the subject here, David Ortiz, uh, 77.9, so he barely got in, uh, his first year of eligibility, and I would say that back when the first year of eligibility was a big deal, I wouldn't consider him a, fir- a first balloter, first year ballot, not that it makes it. I never understood why yeah, that made uh, a difference. Fine, fine player, but not a first ballot. Yeah, because it, w- it was always a big deal that did you get it on the first ballot or did you have to go a few years before uh, didn't uh, like, uh the support. Didn't like Willie Mays or somebody not get in on the first ballot? Somebody somebody unbelievable didn't get in on it. I don't think got in the first ballot. The list of first ballot Hall of Famers was really small for a long time, and all of a sudden it's if somebody's popular, especially from the East Coast State, that's a big deal. But... Barry Bonds was a uh, 66% final year on ballot. Now you need, uh, what do you need? You need 300 votes? 301, something like that? Because uh, David Ortiz is 307. Whatever that is. Well, David Ortiz was 307 and he was 77.9. So I'm going to say 301, 302, something like that to, be, to get 75. Uh, Barry Bonds was 260, so very close. Final year on ballot. Roger Clemens, 257. Final year on ballot. Uh, Scott Rowan. I don't know, he's third baseman? Am I right? Yep. Good uh, ball player, not not a guy I would consider a Hall of Famer. Uh, 63%, 249. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, uh, you, you got a lot of support. I, you know, like I said, good ball player, you know, in my mind, Hall of Famer. You know, everybody can, uh, uh, everybody can um, argue uh, a case for that, and there may be a numbers case for that. Um, generally, my reaction to it is: I remember that guy was he a Hall of Famer or not? Um, well, you got Kurt Schilling at two thirty-one. Like you said, he's uh, not going to get a liberal vote. Uh, it's his final year on ballot, so he's toast. Uh, Todd Helton two hundred five. That's fifty-two. I, I remember him, but not all that much. Uh, Billy Wagner two hundred one. He's fifty-one percent. Andrew Jones. I thought he was a great center fielder. I never thought he was. He had like what a few good years where he hit. The rest of the time, he didn't. I don't see. I think what's his name? Murphy is better than him, didn't you? Over for over his career, but he didn't get in. Uh, Gary Sheffield, one sixty. It's a forty percent. Alex Rodriguez, one thirty-five, thirty-four. So I don't know how many more years he's got. Uh, Jeff Kent, one twenty-nine. I'm going to say I don't necessarily go with him either. Manny Ramirez, one fourteen. Omar Vizquel, ninety-four. Uh, I'm surprised on that. I mean, uh, he's. But as good a shortstop as there was for a long period of time, uh, Sammy. Yeah, Sammy yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, it's a little un- uh, a little strange, I think. Sammy Sosa, seventy-three, final year on ballot. Andy Pettit, forty-two. 
Jimmy Rollins, 37. Bobby Abreu, 34. Mark Burley, 23. Torrey Hunter, 21. And then players receiving less than 5% will drop off future ballots, which is Don Nathan, Tim Hudson, Tim Lincecum, Ryan Howard, Mark Texera, Texera? Texera. Uh, Justin Morneau, uh, Jonathan Papelbon, Prince Fielder. Prince Fielder's career just wasn't long enough. AJ Brzezinski got two votes. Carl Crawford and Jake Peavy, zero votes. 0.00. Zero votes. Yeah. So AJ got two more votes than Carl Crawford, huh? Yeah, it's, uh, and, and Jake um, Peavy, so there you go. That's the so full list. They, they, yeah, they, there you go. Now, uh, um, I, I do, uh, I did just tweet out a list of every first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, so as, as you scroll down, it's, uh, it's Ortiz, Derek Cheater in 2020, Rivera and Mariano Rivera and Roy Halliday in 2019, Chipper Jones 2018, Tomey 2018, Yvonne Rodriguez 2017, there's a steroid guy. Yeah. Um, uh, Ken Griffey, uh, 2016, Randy Johnson 15, Pedro Martinez 15, I can't argue with uh, most of these. Uh, John Smoltz, 2015, Maddox, 14, Glavin, 14. Uh, let's go way down. Yeah, he used to be really, be really rare. He made it, but let's, let's go way, way down and see if there's any, uh, any craziness as we go back a number of years. Uh, you know, no, uh, scrolling by Robin Yount in 99, uh, Mike Schmidt in 95, uh, Reggie Jackson, Rod Carew, Jim Palmer, Joe Morgan, you know, all of these guys, yeah, I, you know, Ernie Banks was one uh, with any of these. Um, well, the uh, Robinson in '83—that's uh, that, a little—that's a little interesting in yeah. that uh, as good a third baseman as he was, he was never that great a hitter. So, um, two sixty lifetime that maybe goes back to '83. Aaron Frank Robinson, Bob Gibson—those are easy calls. Al Kaline, Willie Mays, Ernie Banks, Mickey Mantle. Uh, Warren Spahn, Sandy Koufax, Stan Musial. These are, these are all easy calls. Even go back to 66. Yeah. Ted Williams, uh, Bob Feller, Jackie Robinson, uh, uh, Ty Cobb. So, you know, I, I'd have to, I'd have to scroll that list and see who's not there. Well, the, uh, uh we got a dash here, Kevin, but I, or a break. Uh, the, uh, the guys from, uh, on my, in my core digest, they started talking about the people who are not in because of roids and other stuff and gambling and whatever else. They start. They start a list of like fifteen guys in there that were in jail a couple times. <laughs> I mean, you, you compare uh, what Shula's Joe to some of the other people, and like, good lord! I mean, Ty Cobb and uh, uh, you know some of these guys were out and out criminals, and they they gambled all the time. Uh, you know, it was was not even they were on the trains with guys gambling. I mean, it was uh, so the idea that you know that everybody in there is pure and the people that are. But I guess I did read something about Pete Rose, and one of the things against him. Allegedly, now I'm not pr- prosecuting the guys. Is not just because of the gambling, but he's just the the gambling has caused so much trouble that they claim he's he you know he sold uh his the bat he got a hundred hit for like twenty times or maybe not twenty times, but he sells this memorabilia. It's not even legit. He sold he, like he sold how many different you know balls and bats from different times just to get money to gamble. I mean it's uh. So, so what you're saying is he had the disease. Here, here's what's interesting is, as I scroll this list, and then I'll let us go to break. Uh, but if you if you look at the um, uh, the first ballot Hall of Famers, class of '62, Bob Feller, '62, Jackie Robinson, then you fall off to 1936 and Ty Cobb. Yeah. So yeah, there we were a lot of years when people just did not 
could get in on the first ballot. Yeah, it was just a big deal. It was like you had to be Babe Ruth there for a long period of time. You had to be Jackie Robinson. Yeah. You had to be Bob Feller. Who were the, who were the first five guys to get in? Was it Ruth and, uh, was it, uh, Cy Young and, uh, the, uh, uh, Hannes Wagner, uh, Babe Ruth, Christy Matthewson, Walter Johnson, Ty Cobb. That's a, that's a group. Nobody really liked that. And then, so that was the initial group. And then after that, the, the next first ballot Hall of Famers were Jackie Robinson and Bob Feller. Wow. Um, so after, once the initial group got in, you just didn't get in on that first year of eligibility. SP Futures up 58, and Futures up 269. Today should be interesting. Instead of being way down and coming back, maybe we'll be the other way today, or maybe we'll just start going back up. We'll see. We'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. 
stocks, jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Sergeant Jacks. I'm Tom Al. She's Eliani on the board, the one, the one named girl on the board. I'm trying to do money supply numbers calculation while I'm, while I'm doing this. I'll have to wait for, wait for a second here. We'll do, uh, let's see, times 12. So we're still in, uh, in between November and December, we're on a yearly basis, we're, we're pushing our money supply by 11%. So as we scramble to find out why there's inflation in this world, duh. Duh is my only comment. Is that, is how much? What kind of a comment is that, Eliani? Duh. Um, seems about right. Sometimes less is more. <laughs> sometimes less. Sometimes. <laughs> God. Uh, Dow futures up three seventeen. We got uh, Nasdaq futures up two sixty six. Uh, S and P up fifty nine. Is Microsoft made a huge turn. It was down twenty bucks last night after uh, they came out with their earnings. Well, their earnings were good. They'd be on top and bottom line, but then, uh, evidently it wasn't good enough. So somehow. They've talked their way up around to being down 20 to being up 11. So that's one of the big reasons why the market has made the big spin here is, is in Microsoft. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX. Now, this was down yesterday. It's up 336, 2.2%. Puts you up 125, 1.7%. CAC around up 162, 2.4%. Uh, so big rallies over in Europe. Asia, not so much. And they were down heavy yesterday. Uh, Nikkei down another 120.4%. Shanghai up 22.7%. Hang Seng up 46.2%. So they did not do the big bounce over there. Yesterday, Dow was down 66. S&P was down 53. NASDAQ, however, was down 315. And the futures were down another 150 after that on the Microsoft news that didn't get into the actual cash. But now they've spun around 269 today. So we're still not back to, uh, uh, you know, break even on yesterday at all. Uh, bonds, uh, 1.79 unchanged. It's a 10-year rate. One minus point zero seven, that's up uh, one basis point. Uh, Japan uh, positive point one four, and they've been pretty steady there for quite a while. Oil up seventy four cents, eighty six thirty four. Brent up ninety three cents, eighty nine thirteen. Natural gas uh, up twenty three cents, four twenty eight. Uh, this world Brent is up a lot of this is, is because of the Russia uh, Ukraine thing, I, I would guess. Although you never really know. Arbab up three cents, two forty nine. We've got gold. Down seven, but still at eighteen forty-five. Had a run-up yesterday. Silver up four cents, twenty-three ninety-four. Just cannot break out of that up above that twenty-four fifty number, even though it's violent within the range. Copper up six cents, four fifty-one. We have Bitcoin a little bit of a bounce, thousand, but fifty to thirty-seven thousand nine forty. Eliani, what's going on other than being like cold out? It is far too cold. My gloves are useless. <laughs> But uh, good morning, everyone. Currently 6.38 a.m. on January 26th. I hope you guys are staying warm out there. Uh, let's start with sports weather traffic. In sports, uh, basketball, we have nothing to report last night for neither uh, Phoenix or Chicago, but the Suns will be playing Jazz tonight, and the Bulls will be playing Raptors tonight. Uh, for the NHL, uh, Coyotes uh, lose to Penguins last night 1-5. to Blackhawks didn't play last night, but they will play against the Red Wings tonight. In college basketball, U of I beats Michigan State 56-55. Nothing to report for our friends in Phoenix. In weather this morning, it's cold is the short of it, but currently negative 5. We're going to have some sun later today. We're going to have a high of 13. And in Phoenix, they're doing far better than we are, as per usual. Currently 45 with some sunshine today with a high of 68 and a low of 44. Uh, in 
traffic this morning. We do have one accident on 355 at the 355 South Ramp at North Avenue, and we have our usual slowdowns on 294 between Route 6 and 22nd, and 94 between Irving Park and Roosevelt. Bit of traffic this morning on I-55 North between 171 and Damon. Um, more traffic southbound on Lakeshore between East Monroe and East Roosevelt. 94 West between 115th and 87th, and then picks up again at South Lafayette all the way to the 290, I-90, I-94 intersection where there's that massive cluster of construction that we don't know when that's going to go away. And then a bit more traffic on 290 East between Wolf and Costner, so please make sure you have enough time to get to work this morning. Please stay warm, everybody. It's freezing today. And that's all I have for you, Chief. Uh, well, that's, that's all I have. That, that was good stuff. <laughs> the, uh, so, Kevin, you, you can see that the... Uh, the uh, what they said? What was the movie? The, the drums along the Mohawk. They were the uh, when the Indians used to. Uh, well, allegedly, according to TV, anyway, would uh, would would the uh, be banging banging on the drums, right? And that would that would give you let you know that they were up to something or whatever. The uh, the, the drum, I think that was Todd Rundgren. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Ed Ames, wasn't it? He was in <laughs> banging on the drum all day. <laughs> he was. Uh, uh, I was saying, remember when he was on uh, Johnny Carson? Ed Ames was the uh, the Indian in uh, the TV show Daniel Boone, right? And uh, he was very very well spoken. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, so he he was on Johnny Carson, and uh, Johnny Carson says, "We well, got to show us how to throw the tomahawk." You remember this one? Where so they get the big uh, wooden. Oh, vaguely, yeah. It's uh, it shows up in the uh, when when they plug in the Johnny Carson show on. Uh, um, uh, on uh, late night cable, they'll be the one with him, uh, with them throwing a uh, uh, tomahawk at, at him. And uh, let's just say, Eliani, that the, the tomahawk lands. On his face. The, the, the the tomahawk lands exactly where you don't want it on the poor the poor wooden cutout. Well, damn. And uh, of course, the entire place bursts out in the left. <laughs> like he was aiming. Johnny Carson's like. I can see that was a tough weapon or something. Oh, my <laughs> God. God. Anyway. He was a quippy guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, hey I, I got an Aliani question. How how long have you been singing in the Chicago area? Um, professionally for like eight years. Eight years? Yeah. You go back into the early parts of the twos? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the furthest that I've you gone... Remember a band called Bat, uh, Crash Poet? Cra- no, actually, I have no idea who that is. I'm sorry. No, you don't know them. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet a... Uh, a song. The, the drummer is my was my son. They they were almost. Oh, famous. very cool. Yeah, make sure <laughs> well, he's to still your son. He's still your son. Was he's still my son? Yes, uh, but they they yes they they were almost famous. Uh, um, but uh, the front man was kind of a junkie, and that was a problem. Oh my god! Well, still a good movie nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, that, that that you know that uh, is that a song right there? The the front man was a junkie. Uh, I mean, I and it's either a song name or it's already someone took it as a band name because it was just too obvious. <laughs> yeah. It's like more of a description, like my uh, my dog Scruff. It wasn't his name; it was his description. You know. <laughs> the uh, anyway, so uh, Kevin. So the drums, the drum beat is as as people are are panicking as the market's slipping down here and the Bitcoin and the other things are sliding. And we're getting a little bit of a of a reprice on some of these stocks that just have, you know, it it, it is really if you listen to the the talking heads, uh, it is funny. There's almost there's almost like a generational gap. Uh, like I said that guy uh, Jim Stamos. I'm not a, I'm not a big uh, you know, massive fan of the dudes. I mean, he's, been, he's kind of Mr. Short stuff, and he, you know he talks his own book more than I ever would. But 
Uh, anyway, but you'll hear people, <clears throat> you know, these stocks are tremendous buys here, and they're great companies, and, you know, to give them a 10-year plan and all this other kind of crap. And then he comes out and says, what, what, why are people buying stocks that are, you know, 50 times revenue and 200 times earnings? Because they're just, people get this idea that whatever they pay for it is, is, is worth it. Because it, it's just, it's just not true. <laughs> I mean, you can pay too much even for something that's very good. I mean, just, and, uh, and now all of a sudden, you, the, the drumbeat is the Fed, now I just did some money supply quick calculations. Now, our, 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 uh, for those of you who might be, you know, big administration fans, and therefore, you know, big, uh, and big Jay Powell fans, I mean, one thing I can tell you about the man is he's full of crap. The idea that he's the most, what's the word they use? Uh, uh, tran- or, uh, tran- transparent? The most transparent uh, guy. Oh yeah, everybody. You know what? As soon as somebody says I'm the most transparent, fill in the blank. You yeah. know, uh, uh, administration uh, uh, leader. They are definitely. That's that's the first clue that they are not transparent. Um, what did the, this was, has to be twenty years ago? Somebody, how the hell they did a study? We don't see, we don't hear it too much anymore. But there used to be a whole group of bleeps that whatever before they said anything, they would say quite frankly, but before like everything they'd oh, say. Yeah. And then, so or to, to be perfectly honest, yeah, yeah. if you have to say that, we know you ain't. Yeah, so, so the, uh, whoever was in the thing said something about if somebody says quite frankly, it's like an 80% chance it's a lie. Anyway, who the, how would anybody even know? But the point being is that the, the man had three people working on his staff or on his board that had to leave because of insider trading. And, and he, and he, he stopped giving out any kind of money supply numbers on a weekly basis. And the numbers I'm giving you are on a monthly basis. It's now, where the hell are we? We're, we're January uh, 26th, are we? Something like that. And uh, and then the, I just we just got the money supply numbers for December. So tell me how transparent the guy is. I mean, come on. And I'm, and I'm sure the people who make these numbers, even though they're probably all working from home and doing God knows what, they're still popping these numbers out. So somebody has them. They're just not giving them to the general public. So define transparent to me again, Kevin. Transparent means you don't stop giving people information. Do you? I mean, is that, or is that it? Well, now the story. Well, I, I, I think that would be, uh, you know, one of the top two or three <laughs> in the list from the uh, dictionary. Yeah, so, so now, you know, the, the story is he just has to wait because clearly in, inflation is coming down on its own so he doesn't have to act and we really need to keep interest rates at zero and keep propping up asset prices like forever. And people put their money because in the bank. inflation is com- not coming. Uh, is coming we got to give it some time. Used car prices have backed off a little bit. Is, had, is this the new way of saying it's transient? Uh, Joe Biden claiming that his his uh, going after antitrust is going to bring inflation down if the Fed doesn't have to do anything. Where is he coming right, from? Right, going to bring it down because he's going to go after those damn meat packs. Yeah. Well, let me let me help you. There, there's you know, a very, it's, I very seldom say stuff that's. That is, I say, is, is absolutely correct because, first of all, not very many things are always correct, uh, especially stuff I say. But, I'll, but I'll, I'll tell you this: in in life, there's a several constants. Yeah, beat me to the punch on yeah, that one, Tom. Yeah, in, in life, I mean, we're, we're all going to die. Okay, we we got that one. We we, we figured that one out, all right. Uh, but every single president is going to do is going to worry about antitrust, except for Ronald Reagan. He said the antitrust was bad. Uh, Everyone's going to get rid of they're going to stop big com- big corporations they're going to they're going to lower prescription drug uh stuff 
what else? There's like two or three things. Not one of them has done anything towards it and never will. Ever. I mean, come on. So so he's going to... How long did it take to break up AT&T? Uh, Ten years in the courts. And at the end of the day, I don't know, the, 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 the uh, competition from other places started dropping some of the telephone prices. But, yeah, it helped out some. I mean, uh, I mean if he starts today, Really? Really? I mean, uh, where's he going to start? I mean, I mean the meatpacking plants. I'm gonna, maybe you know your your meat could be fifteen cents a pound cheaper if he goes that right. If you're going to start, you're going to start at hospitals. You're going to start a drug company. He's got no intention of going for those guys. They're, they're he's got they're, he's in their pocket. So are we going to go after Microsoft? The single. Yeah, this is just for show. This just is, for this show. Is just for show. But but, um, but the idea that we're going to it's it, you're, you're, he's picking on the thing that every. That the average uh, people actually, it's it, it's politically, it's probably pretty smart. Um, but what's the one you know truly appalling thing when you go to the grocery store? Pick up, you know, pick up a pound of ground beef and see what it costs. Uh, well, you know, pick up uh, pick up a, a a ribeye and see what it costs. You know, you're looking at, at twenty bucks a pound. At you know, <laughs> you're paying you're paying to take it home. You're you're paying to take choice beef home. Uh, what you used to pay for prime beef at a restaurant. Well, we have, uh, and this, I'll ask you a legal question you don't know the answer to, so, but I'll, I'll embarrass you like I embarrass myself because I don't know the answer. Uh, my brother's told me yesterday, of course he's, you know, he, being the, being the CPA background, he, he has, he, he watches all his, his little, his little, uh, his beans. He always has his beans in front of him. He's telling me, he goes, yeah, have you seen, have you talked about this on the show? And I go, I don't know, I talked about my gas bill. He says, my electric bill. Uh, no, he's it's a gas bill. He's Nicor, so he's he's in the suburbs, so he's not people's gas. He used to be North Shore, used to be North Shore, and now they're now they're what? They're Nicor. Anyway, he goes from last year. Uh, his 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 uh, gas bill was uh, the the price for the now there's for those that don't know, and all, all other people in the rest of the country are, but here you have your your charge for just existing, you know, for the for the pipe coming into your house. We split it all off into three things now. It's a charge for you just being being alive and having a pipe into the street. That's whatever. For me, it's in my building. There's four units, so we pay fifty. There's one line. It's fifty three dollars times four. Not to mention the house next door splits off the same hundred year old line, so that's five off one line. So before we even start the day in my building, which is four apartments, uh, it's it's two hundred and fifteen bucks, which pretty much sucks. Anyway, but he's telling me his, his actual price of gas charge is up 50% from last year. The actual, for the therms, and I'm going to say natural gas is not up at all from last year. It's probably down. Right, so where they get to 50% on that? The, the price of uh, him just being alive, uh, that went up like 20%. And the, the delivery charge, now, you have to have the pipe for your house, but you still have to pay for the delivery through the pipe to your house, and you pay for the gas. So we've cut this into three, three, three pieces of the pie here. So the bottom line is, it's up fifty percent in one year. And I'm going to say, uh, you know, and it, it sounds like you're talking about maybe two thirds of it is uh, is not paying for what you've used, right? You're just paying to be there. It's not, but it's not like it's a new line. I mean, in our building, the line is literally 105 years old. Right. So, uh, so what that means is they've recovered the cost for that, uh, you know, for the delivery, uh, just for the delivery charge. They've recovered the cost of that investment, 
Oh, I don't know, a uh, hundred times over? Uh, 1910? Yeah. And so, I mean, so, but now these guys, but here, what I'm leading up to here is in the midst of this mess, I'm shifting to electric here, Commonwealth Edison's had this big issue with, with Madigan, right? Where did they pay Madigan off to, uh, you know, to essentially, because these are, these, these rates are run through the Illinois Commerce Commission. Now, how anybody down there could, could possibly come up with a 40 or 50% rate, rate increase in one year, I, you know, I, I have no idea. These are elected officials. But now, some judge, somebody has just filed, matter of fact, I'm having a couple of adult beverages with my judge buddies tonight, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask them, hey, what the bleep, guys? Uh, some judge downstate, Somebody filed suit and said, if it's true that Kamal Edison essentially paid off Michael Madigan and people uh, to get these rate increases through, I want my money back from the rate increase that shouldn't have been there. And which, you know, you and I might say, hey, or maybe even LA might say, what, what the hell? That makes sense. Judge says, oh, no, <clears throat> and, and cites some, some law. It's, oh, no, you can't. There's some name for it that you can't you can't go back and 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 file suit for something like that. Why? If he's calling, he's calling no changes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a kids game. Yeah. Basically, saying because it, because it's a law, you can't even if if there's a if there's something afterward, you can't go back and you know. I mean, I I, I guess you know I don't know. I mean, if, if all of a sudden. Yeah. Is, is he saying you can you can undo the increase, but you can't go retro on it? I, you know, I don't or know. Is I mean, he saying you can't even undo the increase? Too late, you had your chance. No, I, I bet you could do that. Uh, I mean, how, how that would happen, I've, I have no idea. But, but as, as to what, whether you could get somebody's bribery uh, tied to a specific increase, I don't know about that either. That would be that'd be real tough. I mean, you would be. It would be. Let's put it this way: it'd be as plain as the nose on our faces, but it'd be hard to prove. Right. Well, what what have we talked about for a long time? What's really the remedy for that? You're not going to claw if you're not going to claw back the bribes. How about we just put people in jail? Well, I, I, I'd, I'd go with that. Maybe right. maybe that'll make some of the bribery go away. But it's but, at least they'll have to get better at it. But Kevin, it, it is it's our our you know when you when you look at matter of fact you know you probably know I was uh, having my usual discussion with Jeff yesterday regarding uh, uh, term limits and I. I am not about all. Yeah, that's the one where Jeff's right and you're wrong. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's you know, I, I don't I don't know. There's a right and right. I'm, I'm not debating with the idea. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> because Nancy Pelosi announced that she's going to. Oh, I know. Again. I heard. I heard that. I the term limits yeah, are back I, on the table I, in my I, mind. Well, yeah. Let's put it this way: she makes it she makes it tough to argue my side of the story. But <laughs> and, I, and I will I will admit to that. But I guess what I'm what I'm saying is I don't know what. How that solution would necessarily play out? It would just mean the money would go some other place. Plus, the real the real reason is I I think we need some real big changes right now today, and I, and I don't want a solution uh, like you'll see somebody you know for uh, you know the uh, for me it's the same subject. There's there's 50 murders in Chicago like today, and there'll be some you know pumpkin head will come up and say. Well, the solution is better education and and uh, you know you know better family life for the murders. Kevin, I know get stricter gun laws. Yeah, too. but I, I I know in as the world goes 
that the solution is they're correct. But right now, tomorrow, I don't feel like getting shot. So my solution tomorrow is getting these guys off the street and never letting them back on. I mean, right? I mean, uh, going forward, if I can figure out all the ways that those guys got to where they, they are and fix them, I know that that's really the solution. These people are right. But it's not the solution tomorrow. I can't pass a, a, uh, a, uh, you know, a, what do you call it, a uh, term limit law and just sit back for five years and see if it works. It, it's, well, it's, no, um, it's no solution no, I, to that. I, Tom, I, I agree with you there. Um, the, the thing is, there are, there are term limit laws at the state level in a lot of places. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know of any state legislatures that have, have them. So you know that that's uh, that's a possibility. Yeah, uh, certainly governors uh, and and of course the president of the United States in, is term limited as well. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I think there. There may be some states that have some uh, term limits in one house or the other of, of its government. Well, there's a lot of mayors. That would be interesting because that's a chance for us to really see what the uh, long-term effect is. Uh, my 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 guess is, if, if because, I, I'm with you in 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 this regard, um, that I I am a big believer in you know like in the business world where you have to do some variation of the quality management technique. It's plan, do, check, act. Uh, it, it could be demaic. There's there's lots of terms out there for it. But essentially it is a matter of, um, you know, you, you want to test ideas and and know that they make a difference before you fully implement them. And uh, and, and I, I do think that that's important because, you know, how many times we see it? We see it with every... Bill that we that ever passes that uh, starts with the word comprehensive. Yeah. Um, because as soon as we do, the number of unintended consequences built into that are incredible, and and things do need to happen in small bites, and uh, and and be able to prove themselves and to have uh, termination dates on them and have to be renewed because if they're not working, we don't want to ha- be stuck doing them forever. Which and is yet so that's what we do. Yet that's so light years so away. I, I hear you when you say that that uh, um, that if we really want to know the implications, it's got to be done. There, there has to be an incubator somewhere where we try it out. And I and I know that if 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 I am if I put on my black hat, all right. I mean, you know, sometimes I, you know, I, I wonder if I remember the, remember the movie Crime Story where the lawyer would go from one side to the other. Once in a while, he was, he was working for the police. Then he get pissed off at. Dennis Farina, and then he did go go back with the mob guy. What the hell was his name? Uh, anyway, long long time ago show. But I almost get to, get to the point where if I put on my black hat and said, "Hey, let, let's this being a nice guy and working out so hot," you know, I, I could go on the other side, being from the south side, and I could probably do a better job of being a nefarious dude than some of these guys are. But I, if it was me, and I, and I and I and I have managed to to segregate Congress, not. Not white or white and black and that kind. Of, but I'm able to segregate Congress where the the top fifty people, maybe not even that, the top twenty five or thirty people have ninety percent of the power. Okay, which I think they do, which I think is abhorrent, by the way. And all I really have to do is sprinkle a little money to the rest of the schmoes, and I. But I got to make sure I, I really take care of these people. You know, if I'm Pfizer or somebody like that, or Microsoft or or. or uh, or you know somebody who really wants to, to to make sure that nothing bad comes out of there for me, and I get to do whatever I damn well please. I mean, if I'm one of those guys and I'm and I'm concentrating my money 
in a top 15 or 20 because those are the cards I'm being dealt. If all of a sudden 15 of those people can't run next time, I just got a different hand I'm going to play. But I still have the money, and there's still people willing to take it. I just now got to drop it down a peg. I mean, I, I could do it in a second, right? I haven't, I haven't accomplished anything. All I've done is is, is dropped the, the payoff down a notch in the pecking order in the house. And if you really oh, make it... And, and, and if, but if we argue it theoretically, and I, I think Jeff was doing this yesterday, um, that uh, a, a lot of that money is campaign fund money. Um, it, and... and uh, and, and it, it has it has a, uh, at least a path it has to follow to find its way into people's pockets, uh, and so what what he's, he was suggesting is that we're taking all of that campaign fund out of there because, especially in Congress, you you win your election the next day your for your job one is to start raising funds for the next election, and maybe it's maybe part of the problem is the two year terms are are uh, um, you know it, uh, put people into that mode. Uh, and and that's not where we want them. We we'd rather have them in. in but I, I don't know how much how, how much does a you know we we, we look at the the, the crazy uh, you know some of the contests here in Chicago and the ones that are the national ones that may upset the balance. I'm not sure that the the average congressman running in rural Indiana needs that much money to run. Oh, but they do, and uh, remember, they're also given a task. They they have to spend a certain number of hours. They have to make a certain number of calls to raise money for the party campaign fund. So you know that that's part two of it. Is they are they are on the phone constantly doing you know meeting their uh, meeting meeting their nut for the uh, uh, for the the party, well, and if they and their their committee appointments depend on it. Well, I I read a one of the listeners sent me an article regarding. Illinois and how whoever this person was, and I got a bunch of people help me out by the way. Uh, the uh, they about how a lot of the decisions on drugs now have are being done in the st- at the state level. You know, for the first time, your big big pharma is giving money to state uh, senators and reps. So what I'm saying, Kevin, is you got to be careful. You just don't do something to make yourself feel good, and all of a sudden now the, the Pfizer money. Is all over, you know, like the Bobby Rush replacement election. It's, it's down to that level. Here's somebody coming in. It's not going to have any power. And, and all of a sudden they're given one side of the, one side there or both sides money. So the first day you walk in there, you owe money, you, you owe something to Pfizer. It, it's just going to yeah. be shoved around. The problem is Pfizer's too friggin' big and they should have been allowed to buy whoever the, the last three firms they bought. I mean, hey, speaking of pharma, did you see, uh, um, Mark Cuban's latest venture? Um, I heard something about. Let's, let's no, talk about that. Week, he's got an online uh, o- online pharmacy selling generic drugs. No insurance invo- uh, involvement is allowed. They're just selling them cheap, uh, except for the part that you can get them. Except for the part that virtually all the generic drug companies been bought back by the big guys. Let's I, talk I about understand, the, but yeah. he's he's doing it as a price cutting play. I don't know. You know, I have to go through and look at the prices on, on it, and and I'm aware of some, and I have some access to uh, Canadian pharmacy prices, so. I could I could look at that, but at least at least we have someone out there who is saying, well, uh, you know, there's got to be a way to sell drugs cheaper here. Let's let's kick and, that around uh, on Friday because uh, so all we'll you have to do is, happens. all you have to do is remember the uh, the 15 or 20 generic drugs where we fight hours a month at Walmart. Virtually all of those have been bought by somebody, and they're more all in the 60s and 70s now. Even though they're generic, uh, yeah, and not not all of them, but mo- yeah, a, a large number of them. I'm, I'm fully aware of that. SP futures up sixty two. Uh, Nasdaq futures up two ninety two. 
And I'm sorry you didn't get the Bears job, Kevin, but, uh, you know, maybe next time. Don't be hey, uh, you know, ne- uh, next time around, two years from now. Two years from now, they get a new GM. We'll be, we'll be right back, Mr. Russell Rose. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Arnold. on the board. SP Futures up 65. Nasdaq Futures up 300. We're trying the other way today. We're going to be up in the morning. We'll see how we land instead of being down in the morning and then come back. We'll see if maybe we just stay up here. Who knows? We got the Fed uh, is making their announcement today, and I uh, we have Mr. Russell with us. Russell, are you with us? I'm here. How are you? I'm doing. Yeah, are you are you here in uh, Indiana Place or are you here? I'm in Indiana, and it's just as cold here as it is there. Um. Well, you haven't been outside, though, yet, have you? Or have you? God, no. I might not go outside all day. Um, I might spend quality time with my laptop and my space heater in my uh, awesome college-like apartment. Are you, uh, Sounds are you, like me. Are you doing a double cardigan? <laughs> just a double cardigan day? It, it'll be, yeah, at minimum, it'll be a couple of hoodies and a double cardigan day. Okay. I have to walk about a mile to class. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'm, t- I'm too old for this. Don't you have those things down there where the guy on the bike, like with the rickshaw, you could get him to come get you? No, uh, but I actually do have a little electric scooter that I stand on and zip around campus on. Those things and, must uh, be great in the ice. Uh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to be too cold to ride that thing today. Uh, you guys don't have any snow on the ground, do you? No, no. Uh, trust me, it, it would take very little ice or snow for me not to ride the scooter. I'm going to say that thing. Uh, I've, already, I've already gone across the hood of a car once. 
I'm going to say there'd be scooter to the left and Russell to the right if you had some ice. Just saying. Yeah, I, I got hit by a car on a rental scooter, so my wife bought me one for Christmas so I would Jesus. ride one. Um, did you, uh, <laughs> have you checked your life insurance or did some of it sneakily go up? It, 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 I, she's in charge of the family benefits and I, I think there were some changes because uh, a little bit more seems to be coming out of my check. So maybe. Well, maybe, uh, hopefully. Various plans. At least she's going to come by with some massive physical you had to take for like a $30 million policy or something. Uh, we, it, it, nobody, nobody's going to think I'm worth that much. <laughs> alive. Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Definitely alive. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so what do you make of this, this, uh, this week in the market? Now all of a sudden everything's okay to, what is this guy going to, I'm the, we're going to, I'm going to have to go back and, uh, get some of these old TV shows and I'll have to find a spot where, where I know they're going to attack by the Indians, and the drum, you know drums are doing that. They do. A, they have some rhythm. I don't have any rhythm. We have to. We have to do that because the drums today. I bet he's going to war drum. Yeah, he's going to come all around. Today. I think he's yeah. going to say where we we think we're going to move in March. Now, we just got our latest money supply numbers for December, which pretty much sucks. I got us at a last year. The uh, we went up at a, over thirteen percent annual rate. This is M two, and we're down to. 11% annual rate in December, so it's coming down very slightly, but it's 11% rate is, is as high as, or 13% rate on an annual basis is as high as any year during the 70s and 80s that caused the great inflation. We're still at that level. And now these guys, and, but everybody wants him to not do it. They're, I think he's going to come out and say, we're going to see what the data is on the on the CPI between now and March, and uh, before we make a move, because I mean, the idea of, of deciding to do something sixty days from now, I mean, I, I, what is that all about, Russell? Or is it just me looking? I, they say that we're open to the idea of beginning a hike. It'll be in the language, and you know they'll have some nuanced statement that indicates that uh, there's a distinct possibility behind the. A, a rate hike at the uh, March 16th meeting, which the derivative markets are pricing in a 97% chance that happens. Alright, so, given what so, the numbers I uh, just I just gave you, uh, a quarter point move to three quarters of a point in March, is that... No, that's, you, to, that's to... Right now, the target rate is 0 to 25. Okay, so we're going up to half a percent. Is that Roughly, you and I peeing out of an airplane on the Chicago fire, hoping to put it. Oh out. gosh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm not going to make that much of a difference. What, so, what is even the point? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess if they hike it too quickly, it, it that makes the stock market go down, and you know the Fed doesn't want that. Well, I mean, the, so uh, they they do it. You know, they they apply the pain in baby steps. Yeah, but you're never going to get there. I mean, if, if you're... I know. I, so I I think in reality, off of a, you know, doing anything off of a really low uh, rate base, it just doesn't make that much of a difference. By the end of the year, we'll be up to like 1%. Which, again, is and expansionary. I know. But, I mean, that's I, well, when I say we'll be up to 1%, again, that's what the, you, you picked up futures markets and you can price in or see what the market's betting on and that's that's where it's got it well if you were to teach a class which you sort of are to listeners and me 
if you were to look at uh, Fed funds rate, all right, and and on the one one side of the your little chart because you can draw better than I can, you're gonna you're gonna have a number that's neutral, and then you're gonna have expansionary, very expansionary, contractionary, and very contractionary. Where would you put put the neutral rate? Oh gosh, uh, like from from where we are right now, maybe two to three percent. I was gonna say neutral, but over the, but over a long period of time, it was, I think it'd be closer to four. Eh, Risk free rate at four is a little high. I was gonna say two seventy five three for uh, for you know your T bill. I thought I, I I one of the classes I teach we we talk about. Uh, stock market risk premium which incorporates a risk free rate and I got a slide somewhere that has the long term average risk free rate at about 3.8% see now if I if I just I just saw I just thought that like I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to clean out my <laughs> one of these days I'm going to actually clean out all my crap uh or you know I'll get hit by a bus and somebody else will have to do it but um, Actually, I want I want in your will. I want all your notes and everything from uh, when you were in Chicago. I was just going to say, I could go back and dig those up. And I, I seem to recall. Actually, I have a, a course. It was history of economic thought. And if I could find my notes and the papers that were associated with that, I'd be happy to give them to you. I you've talked about that class, and I always wish I had been able to be there. And I, I was like, because it was, was a like uh, it was a two it was a two quarter course <laughs> at a huge table with maybe fifteen people. In a room, and uh, it was in the economics building, with a big radiator. The all the air in there had been breathed before at least ten times. There was no okay. ventilation, and you know who was in that class? This this will this will this will blow your mind. Steve Schwartz. Oh really? From the Schwartzatron. Mm-hmm. Big big huge fat guy, long stringy hair. He was a character. Bright guy, boy. I tell you, talk talk about bright though. Anyway, this this particular professor. Uh, used to claim that the all the way through history, <clears throat> you know, back to essentially the Stone Ages, that the that the real rate of interest is somewhere between <clears throat> two and a half and three. Yeah. And that, uh, that that's if there's no inflation ever, that one of the biggest constants in in, uh, in economics was that that number. If you were to say, you know, ten thousand years ago, hey buddy, I need a hundred stones. Here you can have a hundred of my stones, but I want a hundred and three back at the end of the year. That that that's, that, that was the number, and that uh, anything above that or below that was inflationary expectations. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, yeah, I, I, was, I, I I've heard that um, I've heard that number referred refer to using the price of gold or what gold could get you back then and what it can get you now, and and I've heard the exact same number. Uh, what I'm giving you is a number that. Like runs from the early 1900s to present. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I, just for here. Well, but when have we ever? When have we not had? Well, we have had periods of no inflation, I guess. But uh, so the, the the formula is really pretty simple. That what is your interest rate? Comp- you know, if you go to go somewhere and you say, you know, what what's your rate? And and, and risk free stuff. The guy goes ten. Well, the ten is. The three percent you're actually paying, plus somebody must think the world must think that the dollars you're giving the person are worth seven percent less at the end of the year. So to get every get the guy even on, on the de- on the degradation of the currency or the stones, 
plus the interest, that's your that's your nominal rate, correct? Yeah, that's the that's the the number you hear. That's that's the the formula. Do you ever people ever look at formulas anymore? Right. I mean, so right now, your inflationary formula is now. Do you use CPI anymore? I wouldn't. Yeah, that's. I mean, right there. It's uh, and it's kind of funny. I I think I, I've got a graduate class and an undergraduate class, and so they use different books for uh, for for this very topic. And neither of them even try to say what what you should choose for inflation. I, one thing I, I can see uh, different this yeah, time. I mean, they they tell you like you know for they they tell you a T bill for risk free, and then they're they're finally transitioning away from LIBOR. But uh, for inflation, they just don't even they they don't they just say you know if expected inflation is, but they don't say you know where you would actually get that number. What um did you have a? I was like think, I was thinking about that because you you often bring that up. I mean, we talk about that a lot. About how actual true inflation and you know and and the government number are not not the same thing. And um, when so do you like, think? Well, when do you think that the, you know these two textbooks are divided, and neither of them actually said. Uh, and here's what the number has been, and it, they even the, the one book shows like the risk premium by country, and it doesn't even try to touch on the inflation by country. <laughs> so Russell, when did? Uh I mean, I'll say that when I was doing the inflation stuff at Pullman, which was you know forty-five years ago, forty years ago, I mean, I most people, me included, trusted the CPI number back then, and now I don't. Is it just I'm getting more suspicious, or or is the CPI number changed, or or doesn't it include enough of everything? I mean, I, I could, I can't imagine right now. You know, you and I probably would be. Put it this way: Ten years ago, if somebody would have had a uh, a contract to um, build ten houses a year for ten years for a certain price, and then we had an escalation clause in it. I think you and I would have been smart enough, knowing history, to have included an escalation clause. But boy, if we'd have used the CPI, I hope these people would be suing us because that's not oh, helping yeah. anybody. I, did, I went back uh, last, knowing you were going to be on today. I dug some out, numbers out this weekend. Uh, in the last twenty years, your uh, wallboard prices have gone up three times, and, and lumber's gone up six. So explain to me how our CPI number, if we're building houses, would have would have would have kept our, our, our whoever hired us to put that contract together. How we'd have kept that guy out of hack? We wouldn't have. No, not at all. Um, but when I was doing the stuff for Pullman, I, I never, nobody questioned it. It seemed like the number was eight, ten percent inflation, and it was pretty good across the board. I mean, our the steel was going up about that. The you know the uh, air conditioners were going up about that. I mean, it seemed. I mean, I'm sure there if you, if you really dug, you know, maybe the lights were six and something else was twelve. But by and large, it was a pretty good number. And now I'm going to say yeah, it's... Don't you think that... Well, a couple of things. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the uh, the technology getting in there uh, in the past 10, 20 years has made it pretty difficult for the, the CPI folks. I mean, how do you... You know, how do, and you brought this up. How do you judge the... 
it's not as good of an example as it used to be, but how do you judge the price change of cars uh, when the price doesn't go up, but, you know, the bells and whistles uh, are, you know, the value of what you're getting when you buy the car has, uh, has increased. I actually, so I uh, that's one thing that, I think that's one thing that makes it tough for them. The other thing is, you know, you're talking about a time when the majority of what you and I would purchase as consumers was uh, created in the United States, and that's not an issue. You know, that's not part of the deal anymore. Now, unfortunately, most of what we seem to buy, regardless of how hard you may try to only buy things from America, it's darn near impossible. Well, I I don't I don't yeah. disagree with that. I, 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 so I think that's part of you know part of the deal is um, you know the price of steel in the U.S. you know goes up a certain percent and that carries over to automobiles. But you know if the price of steel doesn't necessarily rise in a different country where our car is being assembled. You know there, there's an instant disconnect there. Well, I mean if you there's there, there's a there's a lot to it. Like I said, if you and I. Hmm. We're put in charge of the CPI. God's sake, it would be a massive, you know, twenty-four-seven job to try and do that and have it make sense. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that the, the job is easy, but I actually dug out, and this is this is what's, you know, I think these guys do it on purpose. Carl, I mean, Carl is a, is a master at telling us about how all the places he goes to in the government places that have all these statistics and stuff. They're getting hard. They keep changing the tables, so you can't go there and just look easy. You got to make your own tables, all this stuff. But he's good mm-hmm. enough and smart enough to to do all that, so he he stays up with it. But I actually found a table once with more like a, a chapter on the the Ford F one fifty, going back like fifteen twenty years, and every year the price increases in the Ford F one fifty and how they this this was in the, somewhere buried in the CPI. And of course, I've never been able to find it again, luddite that I am. And, uh, so it was, it had to do with, you know, 19, let's say, uh, 2005 from 2006. List price up, you know, up a thousand bucks, say. And it would be, uh, in, including, you know, maybe 2006, too late for, now air conditioning's included. So that's mm-hmm. 800 of the thousand. And oh, by the way, there's an extra tail light that you didn't even know you needed. That's another fifty. That's a, so actually the price of the F one fifty is only up a hundred bucks instead of a thousand bucks. And to a certain extent, you know, I'll, I'll buy that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll swallow that crap basically. But over a twenty year period, you can't just you can't say a pickup truck was eighteen and now it's thirty four and it's and it's it hasn't gone up in price. There's only so far you can stretch that. I mean I mean right now if, if you uh I don't know if you're down in uh Naptown, if you drive by the Chevy or Ford dealership and you know this alleged shortage in uh in, in whatever uh, chips uh and all of a sudden we you drive by the, the, the dealership and you're gonna find five pick me ups on the lot and every one of them is going to be the four door 90 bazillion options in the thing and it's probably 85 grand. Alright? Okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, we're, we're in 2008, you probably could actually have gotten a stripped down, you know, Ford Chevy pickup for probably 15, you know, if it was two year, two wheel drive or something. Because, you know, the, I mean, the fact is, 
one drives just as gets you to the place you want to go just as well as the other one. And, and somewhere along the line, yeah, the other one's got more gadgets on it, but still, the the the, the profit margin has to be dramatically higher than than it was in two thousand and eight. Not even close. So, I mean, so we're, we're going to use now. Does that mean for for some farmer to go get a pickup? It's it's eighty five grand. I mean, really? I mean, I mean. I mean, I mean, you can take this too far. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think it's become more it's become more difficult to you know, again more difficult to come up with the basket of goods. But also, whatever they come up with for the next revision is it's going to be completely anchored to what they're doing right now. And I think if you and I went out to come up with um, uh, a CCI, uh, imagine how different it would look than what what they have right now but unfortunately what they have right now they really do need to they 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 gotta base the new the the new formula every two years on what the old formula was because if it changes too much then you get a huge disconnect in data etc well you can't have the two things we would change monday morning at, at one minute after nine assuming everybody showed up at nine we would immediately change the healthcare piece yeah. Of the basket from seven to twenty, because it's twenty percent of the economy. It can't be seven percent of the basket, right? The other, the other thing we would somewhat change. We can't have fifteen different news articles talking about rent and home prices up twelve to fifteen percent or twenty percent in one year, and having a CPI telling us it's two. Those those two items right there make the thing you know useless pretty much. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure the guy going out there and uh, pricing the oatmeal. Working his fanny off to make sure he's got the prices of oatmeal and rice and bread and sorghum in there. I'm sure all those numbers are right, right? We got somebody working mm-hmm. on it. I'm going to say the person's doing the job, right? But but yeah. we're blowing them away with the other with the two numbers I just talked about. I think. No, 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 absolutely. I think they're. I mean, they're they're probably getting accurate data. It's just what they get the data on is not indicative of how much my. McDonald's breakfast has gone up in the last five years. So Europe, um, and I, I, I really think that's the one thing that people see. They're like, you know, how much a gallon of milk was. We see gas prices on the corner, and you know, if you consistently, I saw an article about a guy uh, that got upset because his Chipotle had gone from eight to nine bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so and he actually lives in the same suburb I do. So it's not just me. I'm not the only cheap guy out there. What, what is it about? Um, but I don't, I don't want to say I don't want to be like one of the guys that's quite frankly and it tells a lie. I don't, don't want to uh, criticize uh, people and their and their the things they recognize and the things they don't because I know they have anybody who's got a family with three or four kids and wife that's working and you're working. I mean, they'll, I mean, you you know that job more than me. They don't get the time or the luxury to sit in front of the TV and watch this stuff because that's my job to watch this stuff, right? So I, I, I cannot criticize somebody who, quote, doesn't. But but I somewhere along the line, there needs to be, you know, an ability to have... you you I mean, First thing I do every Sunday morning I go get gas is I look at the price of gas. You know, I'd really say, hey, I want you to pay for gas. It's, 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 it's been on people's tongues since... Well, my been on my tongue since I got my driver's license the day I was 16, Right. You always yeah. remember when you get a cheap price, 
And every once in a while I say, hey, Russell, did you buy that gas in the city, you one percenter, when I paid 50 cents less than the bro- I mean, it, it's It's a topic of conversation, always has been, always will be. But at least I think, I, I know that the average person drives, let's say, a 1,000 miles a month, okay, something like that. And if the average car gets 20 miles to the gallon, which they probably do now, that uh, probably even more than that, that you're basically talking 50 gallons of gas a month, and by the way, if gas goes up a buck, it's 50 bucks, which isn't a fun thing to do. But for most people, if it's up a whole dollar, it's it, it, it pales in comparison to your rent going up 300 bucks or your hospitalization over a 20-year span, you know, quadrupling for God's sake or going up three times it's not even in the same ballpark and yet because it's in front of your face you you, you give it I mean how many we you and I have talked about this inflation for all the whole time you've been on the show and me forever and yet the only time anybody in the com- country agreed with us is the price of gas went up or yeah because it's just because it's so freaking obvious I mean, I mean we, we can talk we're blue in the face about how how PTI, when they pay the, the hospitalization for employees for for the last twenty years, how it's up three times, and you know what? Th- that that dog just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> it just doesn't because I've been talking about it for fifteen years and nobody cares. But the minute that the gas goes up fifteen cents, people are up in arms, and the difference in your pocketbook between the two is night and day. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just the the, the continuous expenses are the only ones that we really. Uh, you know, so we really know that. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I mean, I, I went to the went to the dentist um, a couple of weeks ago, and I, you know, give my credit card, and then I get reimbursed like eighty percent of it or whatever. I couldn't tell you if it had gone up or not. I'm sure it probably had. I could go back and look, but um, I'm just not. And I'm supposed to be a numbers person. Yeah, and I'm just not even that fixated on. on well, like there's that. just there's only so much. I, I sure take know the first time that. Uh, I, I found out that the pump in my local gas station doesn't it will stop at seventy five bucks. Period. Yeah, you can't. I, I didn't know that happened. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way: if you oh, that, that, that's kind of neat. Seventy five, even. Yeah. I'm not full. <laughs> well, let's just put it this way: if you owned a suburban, you'd know that a lot more. Oh well, I, I at the time I was not. Now I I drive a, a car that holds about. I think 22, 23 gallons of gas, um, and and I, I I hit 105 bucks recently. <laughs> Were you driving on fumes? Uh, no, I was driving. Well, I put the premium stuff in it because it's a nice car. Well, you know, there's an advantage so, to that. You you're never going to guess what the advantage is. What driving on fumes? Oh, uh, what is the advantage? Well, one of my guys, you might have met him. Uh, if you ever come back here and have an adult beverage with us. He he, take, he has the day off, right? So he gets he mm-hmm. takes his car to the uh, oil change place right by my house on North Avenue, and uh, so he and he pulls his car and he's getting the oil change, and and he's in the back, you know, BSing with somebody. His car's done. The guy pulls it out to the front. And he walks up there. He pays because his car and his car's gone. And uh, turns out, you know, two, uh, you know, I'm sure mis- mistreated children out of the hood. Came by, saw the car sitting there, and one guy hops out of the car in North River, and they couldn't park, jumps in and steals it. This is, this is yeah. the noon in Lincoln Park. So the guy drives around the corner, 
goes up on Clybourne, and then he pulls into a lot, and he and he abandons it, like uh, two blocks from where, and we're trying to figure out why the guy would abandon it. Well, it turns out he's got one of these kind of fancy Lexuses. When I say fancy Lexus, I don't have one on my car. It tells you exactly how many miles you got left in your in your uh, tank. So he, he, his next stop was going to be the gas station. The thing said he had like two miles left. So, so the guy, the guys must have spotted it. And said we're not filling this this pig up. They left it in this hardware store parking lot. They, of course, you know the film is uh, you know two guys with two guys with hoodies. You know can't get the license plate. The usual description, right? So they, yeah. they dumped his car because he had any gas in it. <laughs> Now, see, now I know what, you know, one of the ways they've been carjacking people in Chicago is they get them right after they fill up their tank. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and apparently that's why. Yeah. That's you know, if, the, if the carjackers meeting this one guy said, hey, I just want to share. Uh, <laughs> SPV just upstairs. Have a great getaway. And, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't going to stop and fill it up somewhere. The SPV yeah. just up 335. <laughs> we'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. 
Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Alex. She's Eliani on the board. SP Peters up 66. Nasdaq Peters up 314. Big turnaround from uh, last night. Nasdaq Futures, and I'm not sure what this, where this number is coming off from, where they, where they find their... Uh, because as soon as Microsoft, after the market closed, the futures trade for a while after, another 15 minutes or so, uh, they went down like 200 and some points because Microsoft was initially down $20. They get traded maybe, you know, somewhere like 270 and now it's up to 303 so they've turned it around totally, and I don't know what, uh, they must have said a lot of good stuff on the call because initially the, the numbers were, were good on both sides, but they... We're a little light in the clouds, so that was really bad. So somebody must have uh, gone by and said that they weren't so light in the, in the clouds. So everything is uh, back being okay. Uh, we have the Fed to speak this afternoon. I think they have a news conference as well. So right now, like I said the SPV is up 66, Nasdaq up 320, uh, Dow futures up 398. So pretty solid and a positive today. We did three days in a row that have been pretty crazy. The Russell's going to try and explain as to whether that's Good in the end or not good in the end is kind of volatility. In, intraday volatility. DAX up 357, 2.3%. Again, they were down huge yesterday. FTSE up 136, 1.8. So everybody's making a big comeback here. Uh, CAC, uh, CAC around up 176, 2.6. And uh, I'm going to have to say that uh, I got my guys pretty long yesterday. And then when it sell off on the close, I was wondering if I did that right or not. But looks this morning, I... I'm right for a little while. Everybody gets to be right once in a while. Nikkei down 120.4%. Shanghai up 22.6%. Again, all these guys were down. They were down huge across the board yesterday. Hang Seng up 46.1%. So not much of a comeback either there. And Nikkei is down again. Uh, the, uh, yesterday, as a way of review, we closed. And this is the cash. Uh, Dow down 66. S&P down 53, which is 1.2%. NASDAQ down 315, 2.3%. And again, the futures went lower than that after the, the Microsoft numbers. Uh, bonds are uh, unchanged at 1.78. The Bund uh, unchanged at posi- negative 0.07. Japan unchanged at positive 0.14. So not much going on in the bond world before the Fed meeting. It'll probably be a move after that. Well, now, but dollar 25, 86.85. Maybe this thing is going to go to 100 after a... Said I didn't think it was going to. Maybe I'm wrong on that one again. A Brent up 133, 89.53. Natural gas up 28 cents to 433. Arab up four cents to 250. Gold down 480, but it was up yesterday. Still 1847. Uh, trying to make it to 1900, but really struggling to do so. Silver up eight cents, 23.98. It'll run up with the low 24s, and then comes right back down. Really strange. Copper, copper up seven cents to 452. As that's continue. Uh, Copper says it is at a pretty high level. It has been for a while. Bitcoin up a thousand bucks, thirty-seven thousand nine seventy-six. Eliani, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports, cold. Yeah, very cold. Good morning, everyone. Currently seven thirty-seven a.m. on January twenty-sixth. Let's start with sports. Uh, nothing to report for uh, basketball last night, but the Suns will play Jazz t- uh, tonight, and Bulls will play Raptors tonight. In hockey, Coyotes lose to Penguins one to five. Blackhawks didn't play last night, but they will play against the Red Wings tonight. In college basketball, U of I beats Michigan State 56-55. Nothing to report for our friends in Phoenix. Weather today, currently negative 5 degrees. We're going to have some sunshine. It's actually starting to kiss the skyline this morning with a high of 13 and a low of negative 10 tonight. 
And in Phoenix, currently 44. They drop one degree. Uh, they're going to have a nice sunny day with a high of 68 and a low of 44. Really busy on the on the roads today. There's an accident at uh, on I-90 East at the 294 ramp, causing traffic between Route 171 to Lawrence. Traffic entirely between 90 East to the 294 ramp and the I-94 East ramp, going into that intersection between 290, 90, 94. That cluster of construction is going to be causing a lot of traffic for everyone for quite some time. Uh, traffic uh, 294 East between Route 14 and the 55 South ramp. Traffic to, uh, 94 West, excuse me, between 130th and North Throop Street. Traffic on 290 East between 88, uh, the 88 exit ramp, all the way inbound approaching the construction intersection that I mentioned just a moment ago. Accident on I-55 South at Pulaski, causing traffic between Kedzie and Central. Traffic 55 North between Route 71 and the I-90 West ramp. And there's a disabled vehicle on 294 just before the 290 uh, slash Route 20 exit, causing traffic between the I-90 connector and the I-80 East exit ramp so be careful driving out there not only is it freezing cold but driving is a nightmare if you know if you were from the south side i believe that's troop street i think well it probably is troop i don't know but it, uh, south, it si- I don't know, south siders would say so troop, there make, it is that doesn't make it right <laughs> no <know>. it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> only if you speak south side russell uh what does this tell you for market health number one question we gotta get the both of these and the other is if you were listening earlier did you hear my my story about I've been I've been curious is the who's margining the uh, Bitcoin and the other stuff, and uh, and Kenny Polkari was saying yesterday that he has uh, he found a place where they and this is not a rec- I don't even know the name of the place so it's no recommendation that he found a place uh, where he's getting nine percent on his money and it's somewhere in the crypto world and I immediately immediately jump to my ears perk up and I'm going you have, you must be one of the people that's financing this stuff because I don't think any banks doing it. And or at least not any bank doing doing the doing it through the normal, uh, you know, stock margin mechanism. And uh, so my buddy Alan who works with NFO says I'll find out because he knows all this stuff. He says he uh, they're charging the, whoever the they's are, are charging point one percent a day for uh, for margin on the, uh, the the cryptos. Now I don't know if that whatever, but uh, wow, there's a spread. They're paying Kenny nine and they're charging thirty four. You're charging 10 basis points a day? Yeah. Very nice. How can I get into that without having to hire Rocky Balboa to go around and collect for me? Well, I imagine you have to have, I mean, how, how does, uh, <coughs> I mean, your coin bases in those places, who, who are the guys that got the, the emblem on the umpire shirt? Aren't, isn't that what they do? Is they give you margin on a... Uh, 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 I think they offer, that's actually where, I, I, I've used Coinbase, that's what I use Coinbase for. That's where my my crypto purchasing is, and I know it's not the most efficient place, but because uh, they charge me like three bucks every time I put a hundred dollars in, which is twice a month. Uh, so I, I what I've done crypto wise since about 2017 is every time I get paid, I I put a hundred dollars in an account. And I either buy Bitcoin or Ethereum. I just and that way I figure, hey, if it becomes a real big thing, it's a huge thing. Fifteen years from now, when I retire, I'm in great shape. Uh, otherwise, yeah. So I tried, um, but they, I see offers like that. Uh, I, I just I and I don't, you know, I, I don't fight. I, I probably should because if if they're doing that and it ends up blowing up the whole place, I I might lose all my Bitcoin that I have with them. I, w- I was never. Play along, huh? I say this every day. I was never worried about 
Bitcoin screwing up the world until I found out people were borrowing money for it. Because that, because that causes the problem, usually. Yeah, that, that's very, I mean, that, that's very worrisome, Um, what do you, what do you make of the market the last few days? I mean, I'm gonna say it can't, now some people would say people keep trying to sell and it keeps coming back. It's a sign of health. I don't know about that. I mean, I, healthy markets don't, don't do this, I don't think, even though today we're. No, 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 no. We always have, it gets stuff. A, a strategist that I follow on, on the Twitter uh, put up a list of all the days where we've had, and this was after Monday's price action where we were down 3 4%, then we ended up green on the day. Uh, he put down a, put up a list of all the times that we had had that type of price action intraday. And, man, there were a heck of a lot of, like, 2011s, 2008s, 2000s, you know, and, and all of them were times that we had uh, pretty pretty nasty sell-offs. I heard uh, the same thing. That it, they were all yeah. clumped together, too, during periods where the market was mostly going lower. So, uh, you know, it, this kind of volatility is not good for, uh, you know, it generally is a precursor to some bad things. And I think I think the first six months of this year are going to be pretty tough for stocks. It's a pretty easy thing to say after the last few days we've had. But I definitely don't think it's over. Well, I mean, uh, I, you know, it, it, I've, somebody sent me, and actually somebody called me and said the same thing happened. I think it was 2008 where we had a couple of days like that, and all of a sudden one day it was down and it didn't come back. You know, and uh, yeah. I, uh, what, what, do you, what, is, what do you think happens internally? I mean, even though you, you know, You've done work for the Institute and you've written books and all this kind of kind of stuff. Been able to research more than me, just react for people. Um, is there a piece of information that goes out on a day like yesterday or a good day like Monday where, you know, is, is there a tone change coming from the Fed? Does somebody get reassured by, you know, some bank, somebody gets reassured by somebody in the Fed, well, we might wait till March, we might, you can, you can take any sort of a, a surprise half a point announcement during before March off the table now with this. Is there some some sort of a a move that takes everybody from being a seller to all of a sudden t- all it takes is one or two buyers and everybody flies by the other way? Is is the market is the fabric of the market just not so hot that it well, there's no buyers and sellers either way that you can that either either you know a big order one way or the other just turns the whole bus around? I mean something strange. I mean these are these are two two and three percent moves intraday which. I don't know, Russ. I, I up until recently, I could count them on, you know, both hands and both feet. For God's sake, I've been around a long time. Yeah. Uh, I, you you watch it a lot closer than I do, but my understanding was uh, the, the the way that it turned. It, it seemed to be almost. I went in and I dug into the data on Monday's price action, and the really funny thing about it was all three of the indexes that that people pretty much actively trade derivatives on, the Russell 2000, the NASDAQ 100, and the S&P 500, they all turned almost at the exact same moment. It was, it was and I've never seen a turn like that. Uh, and the, the uh, derivative, the volatility indexes that are associated with all three of those, they coordinated, they all turned in the same five-minute period. Yeah, which so, makes me think there's a piece of information that it, drops it, somewhere. And, and, my understanding is that there, there were some there were some really gappy action in the futures contracts, and it all happened around twelve fifteen. I you know I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but if you were going to try to to 
spark the market going one direction or the other, uh, lunchtime would be the best time to do it because that's most likely uh, to have not everybody at their trading desk. Uh, and I would, you know, I would use the futures market to start trying to push stocks back higher, at least, you know, put up a wall to make sure they don't move lower anymore. And that's what it looked like it was. It really looked very, it, it looked like one of those uh, central bank coordinated moves. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. You know, where everybody cuts rates around the world all at the same time to, to try to spark things. Yeah, you know, it's really, it's, it's, it, I won't say it's interesting, but, you know, I come close to accusing people of doing this on purpose, people that we, we hire, but all, all, all I think I'm trying to do, Russell, is, uh, is you know, I've been around a while, so have you. I've learned a lot about people, and no matter what higher level, lower level, whatever you are, people react to at least their own stuff pretty much the same way. I mean, people are pretty consistent. And even though I don't know that, that Joe Biden and his gang wakes up every day worrying about the stock market, it was really obvious Trump did, I mean, because he'd tell you every day. Yeah. Uh, but I I also, I mean, in a, if you're the Fed and you've done all this stuff for all these years to, to try and stop, you know, sell-offs and trying to stop Armageddon or whatever, I don't think these guys want the market and these asset prices down. Not only do the people in this country that I'm going to say really matter, because I think the most people you and I don't, we do to each other and our families and so forth, but uh, to the people who really matter, they don't want to take a bath on their asset prices because the last year and a half has felt so good. They're so rich compared to other people, it's, 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 it's light years away, you know, from, from being a regular person. They don't even know what a regular person is. And you lob on top of that all the government money they gave out and the, you know, the PPP and all the other crap. There been, the difference between regular people and those people has never been greater and it's never gone wider in a year and a half in my lifetime in the last year and a half. I mean, I honestly believe that. But the Fed, the Fed is not about, just as just as people, even though I think this guy Powell probably, you know, if he wanted, if we want to hang with him, we'd probably find him a pretty good guy, and I bet he's pretty honest. There's no way on earth the guy wants to have a nine trillion dollar balance sheet and have the stock market the same place as the day he started. You know, it, you, you, and right now they're in for a penny. Okay. In for, they're in for a penny, in for a pound. I mean, if you were to ask some of these guys, and I'm not saying they did this on Monday or yesterday, but if you were to ask. You know, uh, who was the guy, to Mr. Mumbles, uh, before Bernanke, who tells them Greenspan. And even him, right? If you were to ask somebody before Greenspan, if you saw the market going down, would you, would you throw a hundred billion into it on a given day? They go, what do you mean a hundred billion is like a lot of dough? Well, right now it's not a lot of dough. It's a pimp on the ass and fed out of of the, of the feds. What, what, what won't they spend now to save their policy? And I'm thinking if they're regular people, and plus it's not their money, it's ours, They'll they'll spend whatever they need to, because I don't think I don't think Joe wants to win their midterm elections with with the S and P at, at uh, or the spider at three fifty instead of four forty. I just don't think he does, and 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 because our, our our news people are so friggin' stupid, they they keep one thing. I'm not a Biden fan, but one thing you cannot pin on this guy is inflation. It's been twenty years coming, easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's just wrong place at the wrong time yeah. on that one. And so, the same way with the market. The fact that everybody pumped it up the last three years, if it goes down, it's going to be his fault. And, I, you know, because we're that dumb as a population, I, you know, I guess we get what we get, Russell. Or is, it, is that, a, is that a, not a very good assessment of us or what? Well, I, 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 
Yeah, it is. And, but you know the problem that I have with um, with with Biden on this thing is is pointing the fig, pointing the finger at businesses. Yeah. And saying that they're price gouging or well, they're raising prices because they don't want to lose money when they do business. You know, and this is a, trying to point to the private sector and saying it's the private sector's fault. I, I really got a problem with that when it is not the private, I, I not actually, the private sector's fault. You and I are going to disagree on that. In a competitive world, Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm with you 100%. I don't see any competition anywhere. I see nothing but Monopoly. Monopoly, Oligopoly, you name it. And when a guy from Procter mm-hmm. & Gamble is dumb enough to come on TV and say, we've had a lot of price uh, increases in our, in our supply chain, but by the way, we've been able to raise prices more than enough to cover it, you're talking as an as a, as a, as a, as a oligopolist. And that's oh, yeah. all these guys are. Oh, absolutely. And the... The other thing, where did you see that? Probably, probably didn't see it because you're not fixated on the Twitter like I am. Did you see the thing about the uh, undergrad class at Wharton and uh, the professor asked what they thought the average salary in the U.S. was? No, are you talking mean or median? Uh, just average, just average. Well, that's that's mean. That's what. Okay, well, I, I mean, I'm just repeating what was on the tweet. Right. The uh, they, they they guessed about 150 a year. One kid guessed $800,000 a year. I want to live in that neighborhood. I know. And, and the official number at the time was like 45 to 50. Um, but these are the people that, uh, you know, get the degrees and are connected enough and go to the right schools and all that kind of stuff that end up making all of these decisions yeah. that affect people they think are getting by on, you know, hundred to $200,000 a year when they're getting by on 50. Well, one of the along and that same when, vein, when you don't have anybody that has that fifty thousand dollar perspective, um, you know, it, it just it creates all kinds of disconnects in the U.S. Well, I'm going to say the the, the median is probably thirty eight. Yeah, I would say I, I would totally agree with that. And I mean, what, what do you even lower what do, number? But what do you think the mean is? The mean's probably sixty. 55. Yeah, it, it, at the time he did it, it was 45 to 50. I don't know how. It's probably 50. I saw yeah. one, I, there was one article about it where he said that it was 45, and then another one said it was 53. But you, know, so, but you said there's... You know, there, there you go. <laughs> but there's two words in there that, that of course, in Twitter, the, 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 the mm-hmm. dumbing down of the population, there's two words in there that, that make that statement amazingly... You need definitions of them. First of all, what what's a salary? Because people that make the millions of dollars make it through stock options. That's not a I know, no, I, I, I know. I mean, you know this, but I'm saying... I mean, without, but, but, but I, I think the, the point behind that one more than anything else is just how freaking skewed to the upside these kids were. Oh, yeah. So and, what, and really, this, I mean, you know, Penn, Penn's a good school. Wharton's a good school. Kelly's a good school in Indiana as well. Um, but the students at Kelly, that I'm, I'm now encountering undergrads, I've got a handful of first-generation college students, and I think that's absolutely wonderful. Well, you know, every, you know I, everybody. I, I severely doubt that this econ class at Penn had too many first-generation college students. I know the Ivy League schools do the do the very best to try to be more inclusive as far as economics go, but they they can't do too much of that because then their endowments will shrink. My uh, my close-knit group at Notre Dame, which is like ten of us. 
when we had our graduation mm-hmm. parties and the parents all met and stuff, you'd, you'd swear, well, it, it was was pretty obvious if you were observant that the reasons why we became friends were, <laughs> our parents became friends like instantly. They were all the same kind of, you know, blue collar yeah. families and, I got and, and we were all the, uh, I'm going to say the, the parents who went to college all did the GI Bill. And so we were probably the first generation other than GI Bill to go to college, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of, a lot of guys have gone with the GI Bill. Um, and, but none of the moms, because of course, even if you were, if you're a female in the army, GI Bill didn't count for you. I don't know, I don't know how the hell they pull that off or why you would want really? it to. Yeah, nothing. Huh. Yeah, no, even the women who, uh, well, I told you sorry about the people who went and identified the graves for the people in the graves for the next couple of years to send the bodies home, like my uncle. Those were all women. They and they worked in Europe for you know two three years after the war ended, taking Good taking thing, huge man. graves apart and identifying bodies. I I can't imagine that job. None of those people yeah. got. Well, of course, the black people that that, that uh, the African American soldiers uh, qualified for the GI Bill, but guess what? None of the universities had let them in, so that didn't help much. And, and and you know more you know mortgages were part of the GI Bill too. I didn't know, not realize that. Yeah, no, they 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 felt like everybody should have a shot at owning a home after risking their life in Europe. I don't know, risking their life. In yeah, well, nobody, I, nobody I was aware of that. Except nobody sell one to a black guy. So, okay, here's here's your GI Bill. Thank you for your service. Yeah. There's no university and there's no house for you. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't even imagine how that happened, but but it did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of our part of our history. You know, if we erase it from our history. Does that mean it's it's not part of our history or what? No, no. It's uh, it's gonna it should remain part of our collective history forever. The good, the good, and, and the bad. It's hopefully all... it won't all get you know erased. Uh, have you, are you aware? I don't. I don't think. And and I have descendants whose statues that or I'm a descendant of somebody whose statues been ripped down in a bunch of places. Um, I don't think ripping the statues down and that sort of thing erases the history. It just doesn't honor it anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, uh. My father and I used to argue about this one big time. He was I can on the imagine. Other side of that one. <laughs> well, I just, I just, uh, I, I don't, I don't think that you, well, let's put it this way. I, I mean, pe- people who went and fought in the, in this, in the Civil War, I don't, I think you, you go and fight for the, for the area you're around. It doesn't make you. Oh, I know. It just, I don't, you know, it just. I know, it's like, you know, the. Well, I'm not even gonna, I was, I was gonna use a sports analogy, but I think it's not very yeah. appropriate, so I'm gonna stop. Well, I, the only thing I don't, I don't get is that, it, uh, General Grant, who, if ever anybody should be pissed off at the South, it should have been him. He elected at the time to go with a very soft, yeah. look, let's just all get back together, let's, let's, you know, not forget this ever happened, he couldn't do that with people, no arms and legs and no people left. Uh, let's just make it this, why, why don't we just, Say his judgment was correct and just let it go. And just, you know, I, I don't, the idea that you need to refight it now, I don't, I don't understand that. But hey, uh, speaking of education, which we weren't, but my, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, one of my family members, uh, a terrific lady, she, she married in, so <laughs> I talked to her board, I do my blood relatives, but, uh, she's a math teacher. Do you know now that there's a test if, if your kid, uh, does not add and subtract, in our day, maybe you'd stay after school or come in on a Saturday and catch up. Uh, now you can take a, a like a, a, a test that if you, I guess, pass it or flunk it, whichever way you look at it, you get to use a calculator in class. 
because you can't. And I, I, I thought she she could have knocked me over to feather. I said you, you you have to do what? Oh yeah, if you if you essentially un, unpass out of a math test, you get to use a calculator going forward for tests. But you can't you can't add. They give you a machine to do it for you. Yeah, and there's a test you take to prove if you don't if you can add or not. Now, now nobody's going to cheat on that one. <laughs> I, the, what? The, who are these educators? For God's sake, Russell, who are these people? This is our money. Uh, just trying to, you know, I, I think a lot of people and a lot of jobs, and, and I think this is not educators, I think it's across the board, uh, just try to do as little as they possibly do, can do to get their paycheck. Man, oh man, I don't. I, I mean, I, 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 the guy next door to me, um, at, at school here, uh, he, he's, he's jaded by the youth of America right now and, and gets all fired up about how, uh, you know, how they, they're just trying to do as little as possible and, and, you know, get a grade based on as little work as they do. He's, 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 I think he's a little burned out after online teaching and a bunch of Maybe. other things. But I just looked at him and I said, well, man, that means that nobody's going to, that, that people are going to have to hire us when we're in our fifties because, Nobody's going to want to hire the younger people. <laughs> well, let's. Hey, uh, the Vix. This morning, twenty-eight fifty-two. It's started last week at twenty-two. It spiked as high as forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, I'm going to tell you, I, I actually bought futures the second it kicked under thirty yesterday. Really? Well, good yep. for you. That was I was like that. That's uh, I think if if it didn't if it didn't sit up there in the thirties, I felt like they was giving us a uh, all clear ish. Not a clear, but an all-clear. So, well, give me the signal when you're ready to buy the. You know, you, you don't have to have a Gulfstream. I'll find you a very nice twin-engine prop that goes 300 miles an hour. You can back and forth to Indianapolis with that, and maybe even take me for a ride once in a while. You, you got to talk my wife into that one. She won't let me buy a plane. Well, I'll buy it. Lease it to you. Uh, well, well, but let, she won't what. let me fly my own plane back and forth. Uh, we, we had a big argument about. Which she, uh, she she doesn't like driving with you, so she doesn't want to fly with you. Uh, she'll, she'll buy me a scooter and let me get hit by a car in town, but she doesn't want me flying. I don't get it. Oh, maybe the life insurance doesn't work maybe in the place. She wants to maim me. <laughs> God, <laughs> have, a, have, a, have a nice week. SP Futures up sixty nine. Futures up three twenty seven. Back tomorrow, Stacks and Jacks. PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. HomeSource Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it.